Hello and welcome to my podcast, Michaela Wayne Interviews. Today I will be interviewing the legendary Super John McGinley, former player of Bolton Wanderers and Scotland International. We're going to be discussing his career in football, the situation at his beloved club Bolton and his opinion on the changes which need to be made to get it back to its former glory days. So welcome, Super John McGinley, Bolton Wanderers legend. If you say so, Michael. <laughs> I feel really sweaty being this close to you. I'm oh. so excited. Right, okay, John, first cool. of all, what we do with everybody yep. is a quick fire round. Yep. We're going to ask you two things. This or this, don't read my paper. <laughs> no cheating. And you just got to give us your answer. First thing that comes to your mind. Go on. Okay. Pasty or pie? Pie. <laughs> Football or rugby? Football. Bolton or Scotland? Probably bold, actually. Ah, fair play. Penalties or golden goal? Penalties. University or work experience? University. Burnden Park or Reebok Stadium? Burnden Park. <clears throat> Money or fame? I think one goes with the other, doesn't it? Really uh, <laughs> hard one, I don't know. You've got a big one. Or fame. <laughs> um, whiskey or haggis? Neither. Oh, do you not like either? I hate both. Oh. The Proclaimers or Primal Scream? Proclaimers all day. Brexit or remain? Brexit. Well done. You have passed with flying colours. Well done for the Bolton comment. Do you prefer Bolton then, though? Is oh, this it's, home? It's home, yeah, it's home. You know, we, we went to live in America. I was out there for nine years, and when I said we were coming home, there was never a question of anywhere else other than come back to Bolton. Yeah, legend. So let's start it off from the beginning. What made you... Get into football. What made me get into football? Well, I played football since I could walk, basically. But I came from a really small town right up in the north of Scotland called Fort William. And it's a shinty town. Now, you won't know what shinty is. No, what shinty It's a bit like hockey, but probably 100 times more physical. Right, okay. Like they can actually swing the sticks. Oh, right, okay. Where hockey, you can't really raise them above knee height. So... It's a rough, rough game, but it's a shinty town, as most towns are in the northwest of Scotland. Right. It's a it's a game that's quite sort of, you know, the proximity to them is it's very close, and that's our game. So to play football, you really had to leave. And I left at quite an early age. Yeah, as soon as I was finishing school, uh, I left. I played up in the north of Scotland. I played for uh, Nairn County, and then I got an opportunity to go to New Zealand. I went out there for a season. How did you? Uh, I hated it initially. I wanted to come home for about three months. I just cried and I wanted to come home. You know uh-huh. what I mean? I just, pfft, I mean, it was the other end of the world, you know? Yeah. It wasn't like just round the corner. And uh, But then I ended up loving it. And um, so and so, how old was you then when you was in New Zealand? 19. Right, OK. Uh, so I ended up loving it. They actually tried to get me to stay. They wanted me to take out citizenship. So that was it. But I came home. Obviously, and then that, that was it. You know, I was. I then moved down to England, uh, knocked about a few teams. I actually went back to Scotland for a short spell, and then I moved down to Shrewsbury, and that was it. Really, it was. It all I've went lived from here there. ever since. Yeah. And so, at what point did you make the move to Bolton? Well, I. Uh, I had actually played for Bury, and Bury were, were in financial difficulties and they had to get rid of six players to, to survive and I was one of them. Uh, and so I ended up going to Millwall and I was at Millwall, I stayed there for two years and then 
The manager at Millwall who signed me was Bruce Rio. Oh, really? Now, Bruce left Millwall and he came and got the Bolton job. Yeah. And he came straight back in and, and signed me, bought me from Millwall. So that was it, really. And so is, who's been your favourite team to play for? Bolton. Is it Bolton, yeah? No, no question. And then, so what did you think, obviously, so you played, did you play the majority of your career there at Burnham Park? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I was at Bolton for five and a half years overall. Uh, I only, I was only at the Reebok for the first maybe dozen games, dozen, 15 games. And what did you think about that move? It was tough. I think it was exciting because it was a brand new stadium and it looked the part. It was really, uh, it was quite futuristic really when you looked at the design of the stadium. And yeah. Even now when you still look at it, it looks pretty modern. Yeah, You yeah, wouldn't yeah. think it was 22 years old. And that, God, is that how old That's it is That's how old now? it is. So you wouldn't think that, would you? And so at that time it was really, you know, really uh, modern and, and futuristic. So it was exciting, but personally, I mean, I miss, I miss Burning Park. Burning Park was a place. It yeah, really it just it just had a better atmosphere though, and I think it did so much for the town. Being in the town centre, all of the shops and pubs on the way down was rammed. I've had a season ticket since being a little girl, you know, and we always used to walk down Manchester Road. All the fans, so there was this huge build up of it, and now it just feels a little bit out, and maybe the town's suffering well, due to that. It's not Bolton, is it? If we're honest, yeah, it's Horwich, it's, and yeah. you know, like you said there, I, I think the day that the club left Bolton was a day that the town lost its heart yeah I do I think the decline of the town started then yeah when no, you think I, about I totally it, you know, agree, yeah. there was no better sight on a Saturday when you see every and thousands coming down from the town centre yeah you know what I mean in mass walking down well, Manchester all the, all Road all the businesses mm. and the bars and all the rest of it that was on the way and they would obviously be thriving just from that one game they could have survived off that because there's tens exactly. of thousands come to the Bolton game so isn't it? it affected the move affected a lot of people that you know you didn't realise like you said, the businesses round about the ground, you know, the pubs and everything else. Yeah. Finished. You, know, you, you see them now, there's no pubs at all. And there. it just felt like because the, the, the new stadium then was so much bigger than all the fans when you're in that we just never really had enough to fill it. So the atmosphere was never, obviously, you're going to get mega games and there's going to be, it's going to happen from time to time, but the atmosphere was never quite the same as what it was like at Burnham Park. I think there's probably only been a handful of occasions where you think, yeah, it's really been rocking. Can you could you feel that as a player? Then you obviously played in ball. Could you feel that as a player? And and does that make a difference as well? Well, I think initially people had said, obviously because you're moving into a new stadium, people don't really know where they're sitting. They don't really see because Burning Park was so established. Everybody knew where they stood and everybody knew where to go. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to be a bit lively, you know that you'd go to the paddock. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, Everybody then said it would take a while or take a few seasons for it to really take off at the Reebok, but I don't think it ever really has, you know. It's, no, I know. It's just, like I said, a handful of games you've been in and you thought, oh, that was great. But the atmosphere, it's everybody's too spread out. They're too dotted about. Yeah. You'll get somebody starting a song in one corner and it never really takes off. Yeah. You know, because everybody's... I think they need to designate certain areas and say, right, this is where you need to be. Yeah, until, until they're filling it out again, then... Because can you feel that on the pitch as oh, a player? Doubt. Yeah, and does it make a difference? Of course it does. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. If if the fans are behind you from the first whistle to the last whistle, it's going to help your performance. There's yeah. no doubt about that. But because they're so spread out now, I think you hear more of the negativity rather than the positivity, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's 
there's 5,000 people, say, behind one goal and they're all cheering and everything else. When you're shooting towards that goal, it helps. Yeah. But when you're spread out in maybe 20s and 30s, little pockets of people and all that, it, it doesn't really get going. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine it's, oh, it's, it's a little bit of hell. So then when you've, um, obviously, you had a brilliant career at Bullet Mondras, but mm -hmm. then it, af after that, then you decided to go over to America, was it? Did you go straight to America then? No, I never went straight to America. I left, I actually went, I played for a wee bit at Bradford uh, and Oldham as well. And then I went to America. What what brought on this? That's like quite drastic change, isn't it? What, America? Uh, From England. I think we had been going out there on holiday every year and I loved the place. And I think everybody in the family really loved the place. We had a house in, in Orlando as well. So I think the lifestyle out there is kind of appealed. And you know, when I got the opportunity, it was a case of, yeah, we'll give it a go. And I thought, you know, initially I went out as a player coach. Uh, we went to Cincinnati and I mean, we were, uh, probably nine years, it was probably the best family time that we've had. Yeah, because, well, I mean, is it hard as, you know, like you've been at your peak, everybody knows you, everybody knows you, you were super John McGinley from a time where everybody loved you and then that kind of goes once you finish playing football, I guess. So it's never really the same. Is that difficult for you to take, like to lose that, um, you know, all the glory of the football and then you've moved to another country where I guess and not many people really know you there. I think it was, it, initially it was good because like you could, you could just do what you want, and nobody, nobody knew you. You know what I mean? So that was yeah, that was good. But I think if I think the longer it goes on after you finish playing, you do miss it. Yeah. I mean, if you're honest, you do. You you miss you, you miss the involvement and you miss the day to day stuff. I mean, I, the dressing room at a football club is probably the most important place in the football club because if you've got a good dressing room, more more often than not, your your team does well. Oh, right, okay. You know, when the players are tight and they're, you know, they're together, yeah. your team does well. There's no doubt about that. And we had a fantastic dressing room. We really did. We had some big characters in the dressing room that, you know, we had leaders in there. Who was your favourite person to play with? Oh. Ever? It didn't have to be at Bolton, just ever? No, I'd, listen, I was I was lucky because I, I was fortunate to play with alongside some you know, certainly some good strike partners, which was which was important to me. But it was never really that way. It was always the team. Ah, right, it was okay. never really individuals because we had, like I said, we had such a a collection of characters in the dressing room. You know, it was we were just a good good mix. We had we had all sorts in there. And then who do you, who has been your most difficult person to to play against, or who you would think like, oh, they they like stand out. They are another league, like. There was lots of them, you know. I mean, I think every game's a challenge. I mean, certainly, you know, as you go up the levels, the players obviously get better. Yeah. You know, and and when you're playing like international football as well, you're up against probably the best that country has. So you're yeah. going to be up against really good players. I mean, physically, it was a different game then than it is now. Yeah. You know, it's become really a non-contact sport now, whereas then it was really physical. Yeah, no, I want to talk about that a bit. What do you, what do you think about that? Do you think it's for the, the worst of the game or yeah, it's yeah, better the yeah, game? Yeah, of course it is. I mean, n people now aren't used to seeing tackles anymore. Yeah. So now when they see a tackle, they, they immediately they say red card. Mm. It's because they don't see any tackles. And, and it's spoilt the game because, you know, players are, are very wary now of... of getting close to players and you know people are getting sent off right left and center because 
because of nothing really. And why is that though? What what's caused what's caused this? Is it because people are scared of the injury or no? No, I think it's because the you know the powers that be have messed about with the rules, and they've changed the rules so much. You know, the interpretation of the rules now is difficult. You know, because yeah. people say now it's intent. You don't even have to kick anybody anymore. It's just intent. If it looks like you were going to yeah. kick somebody, you can get a red card now. So people are just really wary now, and it's it's just changed the game for the worse. And obviously, the the money from when you was playing football and and you was a at your peak to now when other people are playing football and at the peak is I'm guessing oh. dramatically well, different it's worlds apart of course it is I mean uh, yeah the, the money now is obscene and that's what, and what do you think about that do you ruined, think that's it's right it's ruined or? the game it, it's, it's ruined the game it really has and, and the pressure on especially the Premier League clubs now I mean it's very rarely they sign an English or British player yeah you know they're signing they're looking for the best of the best from abroad now that's down to pressure and trying to win the Premier League or the ch getting into the Champions League. So what consequently what happens is because there's no English players getting signed, the money isn't trickling down to the lower teams anymore. You know, mm. you used to always see a Premier League club would buy somebody from League One or the Championship. Oh, right. So then yeah. the money would circulate. So then they would go out and buy a replacement, possibly from a league below them. Yeah. And the money would so keep circulating. Yeah. Then. And and the, the money oh, would circulate within point. football, which which would make teams grow, clubs yeah. grow. But now that is it's rare now. It's not happening. So it's like the Premier League have forgotten about the rest of the leagues. Yeah, well I guess they don't really care that much no they don't <laughs> well because their owners a lot of the owners aren't English either and it's no. not it's the more businesses now than the pride of oh this is this is football this is like our town a lot of United plays like worldwide they're not just all from Manchester are no. they and you kind of lose that um... well you do and, and again it's you know people don't realise what a, a football club means to the, the individual town yeah you know, and I mean, with with the recent goings on at Bolton, I mean, everybody's walking about the town miserable. You know, because I mean, it's a kicker though. Do you know, I'm I've not got a season ticket. I didn't get one last year, but mainly because I was knocked up and whatnot. I had all sorts going on, but um, I wouldn't be getting one next year now either because it's just, it's just the last time I had one was two years ago, and it was just. It was just flat, and I was I was taking my son, and he was just bored. You know, he was six years old, and he was just like he, he couldn't be bothered being there. But when I was there, I loved it. Like everybody was singing, and it was just all of that is just gone. And now we've it seems to have it does it seems to have disappeared. The football's been poor for the last two or three years. Uh, you know, I think it just feels like it's a fight. Even then, when it, you we got promoted, and you know, so you're like all oh, buzzing, then they get there, and they just not that good anyway they they shouldn't really be there and it's just uh, as a Bolton fan I feel like we're just constantly disappointed yeah because I think because we think back to better times yeah you know and we compare you know and, and I think it's a little bit unfair at times that the current probably the current players get compared to the older players because there's no comparison but that's because of the state of the clubs in you know we've had an owner at the football club who's just absolutely driven the club to its knees and I know, and I know you've been quite stripped, vocal about that as as well. The Vasset stripped everything, Michael. They've left nothing. There is nothing left in that football club now, you know. So, we need new owners. We need people with a proper business acumen that's going to come in with a structure. And I mean, it is a good opportunity to rebuild the club. 
From because scratch. the thing is, I think um, I, so I'm a real proud Boltonian, FYI, John. And I'm pretty sure the stat is we're the biggest town in Europe. Yep. And, you know, we've got loads of people here as well. And loads of people would back Bolton. You know, we've had them, we've had the stadium packed out before now when they was doing better. So it isn't that the fans aren't providing the money. It's just that then the players are on so much money. And obviously, Ken Anderson is absolutely destroyed it as well so then as a fan you think I'm not going giving you my money so that you can go and do whatever you want with it I think it, it became personal you know with the, with the supporters with like so the, the Anderson family it was like a case of well we're not going to give you any more money Yeah. so a lot of people just put the brakes on saying no I'm not going again until he's gone so but then what the problem you've got then is you need something then to attract them back because yeah. they I mean, no disrespect, they get used to doing other things. Yeah. And their families get used to them being there on a Saturday as well. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you start saying, well, I'm going to go back now. And it's like, well, you know, you yeah. stop that. and it, So you've got to, I think, the new owners are going to have to create something special to try and get people back. And whether that's a reduced price for season tickets or whatever, but it's, there's a lot of work to be done to get people, you know, to fall in love with the football club again because yeah, and to trust in it, you know, yeah. and and that I think that is what it, it's a matter of. It isn't just this isn't just a business to no. fans. Like every, I mean, everybody loves football internationally. Everybody loves football, and this is our town, and you have a little bit more pride in it because it is a local football club. We're not like United and no. City and the likes of those. We could get there. We've been there once, but right now we're not going to get other supporters other than the people in the town. So there needs to get this trust and connection back between the club and the fans again. But how how can that happen? What can we do? Well, first and foremost, I think you you know once they actually name the new owners, they've got to come out and say the right things. I think have they not done that already? Has it been said well, this football ventures? Not officially, they haven't. Oh, is it not? It's going to be there, but it's not. It hasn't officially been announced. Uh, they've signed they've signed the head of terms up to now, but they haven't completed as yet. Right. Okay. And so what do you think about them? Do you think that's? They, I've spoke to. Uh, a couple of members of the of the group, they seem very business like. It's what's needed, you know, because the club the club's lived way beyond its means for a long time now. But what? How have they done that? So for people obviously who don't understand the intricacies of football and yeah. where the money goes and what else. So how have they lived beyond the means, paying the well, players, the stadium? The... All sorts. I mean, you, you look at it, right? You you bring in a certain amount of money through sponsorships. You bring in a certain amount of money through the gate. Know, season tickets etc then you've got your commercial stuff whereas obviously that brings it now you put all that together and you probably want to be looking to spend probably 70% of that on your on your players on your on your mm -hmm. wage bill yeah? yeah and we've been we've been spending probably about 120% on the team not just the team we're just in our running costs so I think you've got to cut your cloth accordingly yeah. to ask what league you're in. Uh, your budget obviously would grow if you got promotion again back into the championship, but we're in League One now. Mm. So you've got to cut your cloth accordingly. You've got to, but still be able to put a decent team on the park that's yeah, going to attract the fans. Get promoted again. So, <laughs> you know, although it's got to be a strict budget, you, there's got to be a bit of leeway in there and you've got to be allowed to grow the, the team again because they're going to be starting from scratch this year. You know, people don't realise we're probably going to have to get about 20 players in within a short space of time. 
Yeah, do you think? Yeah. So have lots of them just left now are leaving? Well, a lot of them were... The, the, the previous regime wouldn't really hand out any more than a one-year contract. Right. Because they didn't want to be liable for you know, long-term contracts. Obviously, it's going to cost you money if you want to shift them on. But, uh, again, we've got to... We, honestly, there's so much building needing doing within the club. There's do you think the players, I don't know how close you, you was with them, I, mm. I, how much knowledge you have on this, but do you think the clay, players was proud to play for Bolton or give their all to Bolton, had the passion that would have gone in previous years, or do you think it was just this is a job and hopefully I'll get promoted to another club? No, I, th- I think all players are passionate to a certain extent, but I think when you're giving players one-year contracts or you're bringing them in on loan from other clubs... It's hard for them to put roots down. Yeah. And to get a feel for a club, I think you've got to, you've really got to be here probably two or three seasons. Yeah. You know, if you're only here, you're sort of in and out, quick visit, you know, you you rent a place maybe for 12 months and then you're going on to your next club. Yeah. You never really get a feel for the place. And I guess they don't gel with the, the players as strongly as if they've been there no. a couple of years, you understand exactly. their Exactly, you know what I mean? So, and also... If you're a new player coming into a dressing room that hasn't been successful, i.e. they're struggling, yeah. that's very difficult as well. If you join a club that's going well, you just seem to fit in so much better and easier. And So do you think that now that they're in League One, this is a good thing for them? Well, we've no choice, really. No, but, I know. You know we, we, <laughs> no, I don't. Promoters. No. <laughs> we, we've no choice in that. But if we're honest... The state the club's in at the moment, we couldn't compete in the championship. Yeah, no. we just could not compete in the championship. I mean, the the money in the championship now is like probably the Premier League about six years ago. Yeah, and we just haven't got that money. So really, we'd be going up if we had stayed up. We'd be going down. Yeah, it's as simple as that. So again, I think we've we've now, and I think the supporters have realised as well. They need to be a little bit more patient, you know, and allow the club to grow again. Yeah. Because you are, we're starting off from scratch. And so do you think the main killer in this and what's happened with Bolton Rangers is Ken Anderson? Oh, no question. That man's took everything that's not permanently fixed down, it's gone. Yeah, so I don't know the ins and outs of this because like, I am all over the show doing things. So what is what has he done? Like, I know. What's he done? Well, he's sold just about every, every decent player we've had, he's sold. Uh... God knows where the money's gone, but it didn't seem to have shown up. And yeah, so he <laughs> in, weren't replacing the them players. He wasn't with... replacing the players. I mean, he wasn't reinvesting in the team. He was selling. Nobody knows where the money's gone. And then, Do they not have like a legal obligation that this has to be like said in public, what's happened with this money? No, because he was a sole owner, Akela, so he didn't have a board to answer to. He was the board. There was no other directors. There was no nobody else there. Oh, so, so he could just do whatever he wanted. He could do whatever he wanted. He had nobody to answer to. Consequently, the club nearly went out of business. For and good. so I know everybody did. Uh, what's it called? A demonstration. What's yeah. it called? Is it a demonstration yeah. around the stadium? Yeah. I and mean, you, you was part of that as well, wasn't you? I was. You? Yeah. Yeah. And why do, do you, is this just? Why would you get involved in that? Because why would you I get just involved feel because it? it's my football team. Yeah. I don't play for them anymore, but it's my football. It's a team I support. Yeah. And I think it needed highlighting how badly he was running the club. I mean, like I said, it got to the stage we were so close of losing the club completely, forever. 
And but surely there should be something in place because you are still taking like public money. I know it's his own business, but there should be something because basically it's a con what he's doing. He's like, oh, I'll take your money. You'll come and watch good football. Exactly. But it is at, he's selling a con living off past dreams, really. Well, the thing being, because you the history of it, he was involved at Southampton Football Club and he was he took money for personal uh, out, out the club and he got caught putting them into personal bank accounts, the money from Southampton. He got banned from being a director for eight years. All right. That's before he came to the club. And yet they've so-called got this fit and proper test that you're supposed to pass before you're allowed to run a football club. Right. Well, how did he pass it? Yeah, he did it. The, the football authorities had already banned him before. Eight years he wasn't allowed near a football club. Yeah, he was allowed to come in and, then he just and do exactly the same as he did at Southampton again. And destroyed it, but he's not like, he doesn't give a shit, does he? He's earning some money and he doesn't Listen, care about all those kids who were coming watching. And that man, I'm telling you now, if you put him in a car and drove him from the Reebok into the town, he wouldn't know whether he was in Bolton or not. He wouldn't have a clue. So he's no affinity or no affiliation with the town doesn't care, you'll never see that man again. And he's just walked away. And he's walked away, lives in Monaco, right? And, you know, we'll keep his lifestyle going for a good few years, believe me. Oh, my God, what a dick. And so then, so now, on a brighter note then, thankfully, he is, he's he's <laughs> yeah. gone, obviously. I don't yep. think anybody in Bolton likes his name. Nope. Um, but we're hoping now, so we're going to rebuild a team. Because there's not going to be many players left then, I'm guessing, now that we've gone down. Not just the team, we'll have to rebuild the club because, you know, behind the, the walls of the football club, there's a strong workforce there that the majority of them love the football team as well and that's why they work there. Yeah. That haven't been paid for months. Um, well, I know, what did you think about the players going on strike? Did you think, because obviously you've been a player, but yep. you are a fan as well. Yep. So would you think that's justified or do you think like a bit harsh? I was a little bit mixed. And great idea, really, because they came out in, in support of the staff in the football club. But on the other side of it, they didn't play the second last game of the season. And the problem is, well, not the problem, but it, the reasoning is that them players now won't be there next year. So mm. they're not going to be around for the punishment that we're going to get for that. Yeah. And you know, if you're asking would it happened in my day, it wouldn't have happened. We would have played. Simply because you've got an obligation to finish the season and our manager won't allow us not to play anyway. And I think the manager that we had last season was too weak. He didn't have the dressing room. If, you, if you're the manager and you're the leader, that dressing room will listen to you, regardless. And it's obvious they didn't listen to him, so. Because was he not in it? Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, do you think some of that comes down to respect then? Yeah, yeah. I think he had, he had lost the dressing yeah. room way back in the season, to be honest. He, could, he should have got sacked in October, uh, where we were going through a really, really bad time. If they had made a change then, I think we would have stayed up this year. Yeah. Because there was a few, there was teams worse off than we were in, in the league, yet they got away with it lightly because, you know, obviously the atmosphere wasn't great in the dressing room. There was a lack of leadership from players and the manager. And that, well, that, you saw the result in the end. Would you not be a manager? No. Why? No. 
Mikael, I've been asked this loads of times, right? And it's, do you know why? Because I love the club too much. And, and that might sound stupid, right? But the reason being behind it is I've got an unbelievable relationship with the supporters. And at some point, that wouldn't be the same. Because at some point, you're never going to go through a managerial career with it all being rosy and all being smooth yeah. and everything else, you know. Uh, one of my best mates, Owen Coyle, was a manager at, you know, I mean, at Bolton. Yeah. And the fans turned on him big style, you know, towards the end of his time there. And that would just finish me off. That would that would absolutely destroy me. That to but me. surely um, you are the best person. <laughs> I mean, <coughs> you've got the passion, you love Bolton Wanderers, and yeah, you might not make it hugely successful straight away because, like you say, it's going to take mm. years now before we're at the place where it can be, yep. where we build it back up again. But everybody now is so low and we're doing so bad mm -hmm. that we can only improve from this point. So the fans would see that and... Um, I do agree, you know, and it, everybody like uh, all joins together then, and people can turn yeah. on you. But there's also there's going to be ups and downs. Of course there is. And and, and if you were brought it from nothing going up yeah. to something, then when you have the day and you can bring it back round, or you know your time will play it, whatever it might be. But surely people are gonna, you are gonna be the one who brings it from like the pits of mm. the abyss. Nice thought. <laughs> In an ideal world, yeah. But no, it just it's just not for me. I mean, I I've. I've been involved in recruitment. You know, I like that side of the game more. I mean, I'm I'm hopeful. I'm waiting to see who the, the owners are. And I'm hopeful there'll be, there'll be something at the club for me. Yeah. In some capacity, which I can help with the rebuild and I can be influential to a certain degree. And that would do me. Because surely, the, I just think, <clears throat> would the players not respect an ex-player more than, than just a manager? Obviously, a proven manager, yeah, great. But an ex-player who's played for that cl yep. club, who's a fan, who's got the passion, like that's going to spur them on more than just, oh, new managers come. David Lee would get the job for me. I'd give David Lee the job tomorrow. David Lee's been through the system now. He's worked his way up through the academy. He's He's managed the... The under 23s now for the last few seasons been really successful all the players that we've sold the younger players he's the one that's brought them through you know and he's he's fashioned them into players got them into the first team uh i'd give it to david no question ex-player uh, and would you want that position oh, would he oh really yeah yeah and so yeah. do you think he's got a uh, good potential then well we're good we you know again like we spoke earlier about, there's going to be restraints on the budget, you know, accordingly and everything else. We're going to have to go with a younger team. And that, to me, that suits David down to the ground because he's, he's the up. one that's brought them all through. He's the one that's worked with the younger players and he's got the respect of, of the football club. He's been there and done it himself as a player. But he's a good man. And he's bolting through and through. If you cut him in half, he would say bolting. So for me, the club would be in good hands. Mm. What's your opinion, Lucy? Yeah, I, I was just thinking with you saying about background staff, I've seen rumours, well, I've heard him, Sam Allardyce, um, obviously not in a managerial position, but what's your thoughts on him coming back into... Well, again, Sam was highly popular as a manager. Yeah, uh, I and I, and I think I think the supporters, the town, everything else, like you said, if they saw people behind the scenes 
like Sam, probably like myself, like Tony Kelly, yeah. David Lee possibly getting the job. If this all is all working together, that would pull them together because they know the club would be in good hands because they know then everybody, their heart's full of bottom yeah. and they love the club. So in an ideal world, that would be the situation. Yeah, I'd happily welcome him back. I've done of course you would. I commentary mean, before as well with Tony Kelly. He's just, yeah. yeah but I mean, everybody you've spoke about there is influential and they're infectious. They're infectious because of the love for the football club. And I think seeing those faces back though as the fans you will be like you get excited again and be like oh like is something you know something big's going to happen mm-hmm. here and everybody's pulling together especially like I mean Sam Allardyce was a legend uh, manager as well for Bolton so if you're seeing the big names like this David Lee yourself people all pulling together you'd be thinking about there's going to be some movement here finally and then we've got a new owner now as well maybe that could be the thing to excite the fans again and that's why I was saying do you think it's better that we've dropped a league because now it's better to be like middle or the best of a league than just really struggling in a league isn't it yeah, for going to every game and losing it, whereas now if yeah. we can be going and winning some and I think what it, what it's done is obviously starting we're gonna be starting at least minus twelve. We're probably gonna get some more points on top of that for missing that second last game of the season. But as you said there, with the people we've just spoke about behind the scenes, I think that then would give the supporters confidence. Like you spoke earlier about somehow we've got to give them the confidence back. Yeah. If they saw these people in in situations behind the scenes and they know it's in good hands I think that would entice people back in as well because you know we, we've had the we've had the not the foreign owners but we've had the owners that have no affiliation with the town these new owners gonna that are going to come in haven't really got an affiliation with the town so they have to somehow bridge that gap quite quickly and that would mean the likes of the guys strong who just, yeah. Bolton faces. Having the links, you know, so you've got bridges there that, that are linking everybody together. And, you know, that needs to happen because, like you said, there's a mistrust for the football club and too many people have fallen out of love with the football club. So we've somehow quickly got to get them back in love. Yeah, and I think, well, I just think by having a new owner now, then that, that, that whole depressive state has gone and people at least are thinking that, oh, Mm. Our money is going into the club now yeah. and not into somebody's pocket. Into a holiday yeah. for someone else. Yeah, into living in Monaco yeah. as well. How insulting, though, that he actually lives in Monaco, the most expensive place on the planet. And that's why I think, you know, obviously being relegated last season, the expectation levels have, have, have dropped a little bit. That should help if you're going to play a younger team and you're going to rebuild, then that's got to help that as well. And, and the supporters will be patient if you say the right things to them. And explain what you're doing. They'll they'll go with it. But the problem is with, with our football club for a long time now. Not a lot of news comes out of the football club, or not the, the supporters haven't been treated properly. Yeah. You know, it's been the attitude of the football club has been, ah, they'll come anyway. It's just been arrogant. Yeah. They're arrogant. Really? They have. Yeah. And the, the, you know, the world's changed. You've got to work at it now. Yeah. You've got to get out there. You've got to. Anything. We've got to get back into the community as a football club. Yeah. We've got to start going around the schools again. We've stopped. We've get. We've got to get our players out in the community as well, meeting people, so that people get to know these players, and the players get to know who's supporting them. Yeah. And we haven't done that for a long time. Yeah. And they just need that passion back and the community. Yeah. I mean, as it stands, we're not 
like I said, United City, these kind of clubs, we're, we are a community, a local town club yeah. now, and we're yeah. in a league now, which is perhaps better suited to us, and where hopefully we can thrive in. Obviously, it might take a couple of seasons, especially with all the points deducted. But the needs, they, you know, they've, they've got the the chance now to start again if you like they're starting yeah. again new owners new faces of the club new players and they need to take this opportunity to especially I, I liked what you said there about going to the schools and meeting the young children giving them a passion for Bolton again so they're not all oh I'll support United or somebody who's doing well getting them to come and play at Bolton and then they might come up free Bolton as well you know I think Business-wise as well, Michaela, they've got to get out, get into the schools. They've got to be giving away so many thousand tickets a week. Would you rather an empty stadium or mm. a stadium that's one-third full? Yeah. Or would you rather bombs on seats? And yeah. kids will make noise regardless of the situation you're in, you know, and not just that. It's your future. Yeah. Because the kids all run about Bolton now. They see Man City. They see Man United on the telly every week. And that's the team they want to go and watch. Now, they probably can't afford to go and watch them. Right, so somehow we've got to get back in to the kids and make them want to come and watch us again. Yeah. Got to give them a reason. And we've got to give well, them I mean, a reason. Well, I mean, it is. It's a lovely day out anyway. So, and all these families who are perhaps poorer, they can't, they can't no. even afford a Bolton no. season ticket, let alone a Man no. United one. So they should be going to to these communities. Well, I mean, all communities like, and then offering at least the children the free tickets, so then they can go on to the parents and be like, "Oh, I want you to take me." And then if they're getting enough people in, the seats are there anyway, so they Excellent. may as well you know, fill them em- seats. Empty seats, and and the thing being. They might buy a programme, they might buy an ice cream, they might buy a drink. You know, you've got well, they're going to help the atmosphere for exactly, all the other season exactly. ticket holders but as well. It's getting them used to coming. Yeah. You know, getting them wanting to come. So if they come, and also, I mean, probably being a little bit more cynical, like if the kids come, the parent will have to come. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, no, that, but, I mean, that is a good point, though, like strike with the kids, because if my son well, woman is like, Mum, I've got a ticket to Bolton, I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Bolton on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, business-wise, it is. And, and I'm afraid that's what it comes down to, doesn't it? Yeah. But you're kind of looking after your future because you're getting the kids... I mean, again, it might sound cynical, hooked yeah. as such. Yeah, because but if they're coming and they're loving it, and they, you know, mm-hmm. if, if there's enough of them there that is going to have the atmosphere, the right atmosphere, where even if 50% of them end up being like, do you know what, they support United, but Bolton's my own town, so I keep my eye on them as well. End up a bit of a pinky, you know, this happens, doesn't well, it? Again, you probably couldn't afford to go and watch Man United mm. or, or Man City, you know, because it's, it's extortionate. Now, I, th- I feel that's where the club... I've got away from the supporters here. You know, they've made it really difficult for a, a normal working man, and he says he's got a couple of kids. For him to take the kids to get, they can't afford it. Yeah, I know. They cannot afford it. I mean, it's ridiculous. The, the prices of tickets are ridiculous. So we've got to price ourselves accordingly, as in, A, we're in League One now. Stop having these visions of grandeur that we're this big club, never else. Well, yeah. we're a community club, or we need to be a community club. Yeah. Right? So forget all that nonsense. Drop the ticket prices, make them more accessible. Well, I think even up to the sponsorship one. So a few years ago, I was going to um, sponsor Bolton and get a box there. Um, but I think, I want to say we've got, we hadn't gone to League One then. We might have still been in the... Championship. Yeah, but they was charging the same price as if they was in the yeah, Premiership. Right. I and I was like, oh, it was, it was, whatever, it was 20 grand or something for the season. I'm like, that is a, a lot of money. It isn't far off when... 
clubs are, are in the Premiership, not like United, but you know, they, they, like Watford, for instance, yeah. and they're in the Premiership. It's a similar price to that. I'm like, well, you're in Championship. You, have you not dropped the, I not dropped the prices? Had no intentions to drop the prices. Like they were just trying to, and then you'd look and they'd be like, all these they're boxes empty. are empty. But again, I don't know for what reason, but they they would rather them empty than doing a deal with somebody. It's just and, nuts. And they just wouldn't deal with you. They wouldn't like say, well, okay, we'll give it to you for 14 grand. Especially it. when it's local businesses yeah. as well. Again, it's just that community thing because I'm running, oh, my, my business is uh, national, but I'm based in Bolton Town Centre. I employ people from Bolton, Wigan, surrounding areas. But I, I'm giving as much back. I buy buildings in Bolton. I'm doing everything possible to try and get Bolton off the ground again and establish, you know, something better here. And so you think you'd want to work in partnership with those types of businesses because then I'll bring other business people from Bolton when I go to these boxes or I'll bring kids from Bolton yeah. as well and, and it's just they need to work out like what they are doing business wise because it does not make well, any business sense again a bit similar to the, the ticket situation whereas they've got to do something commercially as well because if you're honest what are you getting back as a business do you know what I mean because yeah. uh, it's not national anymore as such right oh yeah I no, mean it's yeah. league one you know the, the exposure you get isn't great so but they're Prices treat it like, like you said, you're in the Premier no, League is, and all that. So a, they've yeah. got to, they've got to start thinking right to get people back on board again, cutting deals and doing certain things with people. Do you know what I mean? Just to get, I mean, you want the place full of boards, you want the boxes as full as you can get. Yeah, and I mean, it's important now. Obviously, people heavily rely on um, social media as well. It's yeah. a massive marketing tool. So just inviting people in and giving them the box. It might not be the best game of football you're going to watch in your life, but if you're if they're giving away boxes to people with hundreds of thousands or millions of followers and they're there and they're having a good time and they're recording it and it's all over social media then that then that's all that matters people will be like oh well they go to Bullen I want to see them at Bullen so it isn't necessarily just the things that they can do within the community there's no. so much else that they can do and they have the facilities to do it all but they just it's like they've been in a bubble and of naivety they've got, and stupidity they've, they've got their own little bubble their own little world and, and well, I it's because it was just him, though. That's why he's not taking... He doesn't have to take advice off anybody else, no. so he can just be like, nah, no. don't want to do it. No, that costs money. No, no I'm not doing that. No. Uh, that's the thing. Anything that costs money, you weren't, they weren't, the, the staff we weren't allowed to spend anything. They didn't pay any bills. And what they were going, they would have one supplier for certain stuff. They would get as long as they can off and not pay them and then move on to the next supplier. And that's all they've done. So for three years he's done that. You know, and, and like I said, it's just the club's just got it's at its knees now. They just need to come in for the new season and just Im implement all those different types of things. Giveaways, tickets to children, like you say, so the yeah. parents have got to come. But actually tell the children about it. Don't just be like to the parents, oh, we'll give you your tickets free. No. Go and tell the children, oh, here, here are some free tickets to Bolton this Saturday so they can go on and be like, mum, look what I've got. You're like, oh, God, I've got to go to... You know, they need to do those things. They need to get back in touch with local businesses again. They need to get in touch with other people, influencers, as they call them as well, and just get that that buyback. Like, it was just such a... It used to be such a good day. They had all like the the um, like rides and stuff as well do you know for mm. kids it was like a they have family days on don't yep. they occasionally yep. and those days are the best days then because you're like oh get down with my kids just do it more often people will spend more money while they're there 
lots of things, Michael. I mean, it really is. There's, I mean, we, we need to be out knocking on every door again that's ever sponsored the, the football club and say, look, it's a new beginning. Yeah. No, and we're starting the ride again from here. We'd like you to be involved. Yeah. And, you know, any backing will be appreciated, whatever it is. Well, I'll get involved in it if it's not some con artist who's running it. I'll get I'd, you a deal. I'd love a, a box of bull and but I'm not going to pay the same as what I can pay. I keep saying Watford because that's where my partner lives right. and it is, and obviously they're, they're doing quite well yeah. now. So I'd be like, oh, I'd rather go down there and then you see the other teams, don't you? And, and all the rest of it. So Bolton need to um, get the, they will. the costings in order, I think. But again, behind the scenes at the moment, they've not even got a workforce because there's a lot of People have left. There's no real commercial department. They've got so the new people coming in are going to have to rehire or, or hire people to get all these things going again because there's a yeah. skeleton staff behind the scenes now. It's just going to take so long, isn't mm-hmm. it? When is it all supposed to be announced and official and complete? They're saying probably next Monday now. So but, right, this isn't going out for a couple of weeks. So it might have actually already been announced yeah. then. Uh, yeah, I think it's because I think they were expecting it. This week, weren't they really? Yeah, but they've, they've hit a yeah. few. And so is that going to be week. enough time before no, the new well, season? it's not really because... I mean, every day that goes by now is a day they've missed because the players were due back at the end of next week for pre-season training and we've no players. Or we've got a handful of players. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, and what, so have, have a lot of them just said that's it, they're not coming back? No, a lot of them were out of contract. Yeah. So, and I'll be honest with you, you wouldn't renew a lot of their contracts. Because anyway. it's too expensive? No, because they weren't good enough. All oh, right. Not as simple as that. They weren't good enough as players. They weren't good enough. And are they not good for this new league though? The dressing room wasn't right. right. The dressing room was was a it had a a losing mentality, and I think you've got to get rid of that negativity. Yeah. So you'd rather bring in as many people as you can that haven't been through these last three years of what they've been through, you know, because not getting paid and all these things. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just they're all on a downer. Yeah. So you'd rather bring in fresh that are keen and wanting to make their, their way in football and want to do well. You know, we need to be signing younger players, probably with a... Maybe that aren't quite where they want to be in the game as yet. Polish them off and sell them as we go. That's going to give us a chance to build the club. Yeah. You know, make make good profit on the players, go out and reinvest and yeah, keep so building the Yeah, so take them in and way. they're not going to be quite right, but no. we'll, we can perfect them and then make yeah, the money from them exactly. as well. Exactly, and that's the way we're going to have to grow the club. Where would you get most revenue in a football club? Would it be from the gate, from the from selling the players, from sponsorships? Obviously, TV isn't like an, a real option at well, this TV, point. I mean, the TV in the championship, you get £6 million TV money in the championship. When you drop to League One, you get 975000 So you lose £5 straight away. Fucking hell, that is a lot, boy. So that's that's your in- you've lost five million pound of your income straight away. A year, a, yeah. So a that's year, like hundred thousand pound a week. So that's several players, isn't it? In that's our a league. big hit. So losing that money's a big blow, obviously, because your your budget as ever has been based around that. So that goes now. Now you've got a your revenue streams really are more important now. Yeah. You know, so your sponsorships and everything else, and that's been declining year by year. So you've got to yeah. build them back up quickly to, to try and enhance what you bring in through the gate because we don't bring enough money in through the gate. No, we've got a hard core probably of 10,000 season ticket holders. You know, God. that's just not enough. No, and so that tells you we've probably got 10,000 season ticket holders and probably 5,000 floating fans yeah. that pick and choose their games that they'll come to regardless. 
and they're probably the people that the normal working man that can't afford to go every week he'll pick and choose his games through the season he might go to half a dozen games yeah you know so somehow we've got to make it more more attractive to them the floating fans and add a few more on the back of that as well you know yeah because the and the thing is though I get why they can't drastically cut the costs of the tickets because the season ticket prices have to be drastically cut and then you're not you're just borrowing from one and giving to, exactly basically Robin you're taking more in but you just yeah. but the but the point on top of that though is just by having a higher volume of people then the next season you can do a, a slight increase if it's just a, a pound or yeah. two a slight increase because then you've got that atmosphere you've got the people back and yep. then like you say you can sell programs there's the food that's being sold there, and all the other little additional bits of revenue that they can get from having a high volume of people going opposed to a high exactly. ticket price and I think that's the, and it'll the, make the fans happier well they'll make them happier but Hopefully by that time as well, the, the confidence levels are love lifted, so they've got more trust in yeah. the people running the club. And I think, listen, you know, you know yourself. This is your town. The Bolton people will give you their last penny. Yeah, they're genuine people. It's a working man's town. They'll give you the last penny if they can help you. And I think if the if the confidence was right with the football club, they'll respond to that. Yeah, they always do. I mean, if, if there's anything on in Bolton that's raising money for anything, everybody backs it. Yeah, 100%. They do. Because they're, honestly, they're good, good people. And so what what advice, what would you like to say to the fans of Bolton now? Not advice, but what, what do you want to say to other fans? Well, we're going to rebuild the football club together. And we've got to get behind the football club again. And if you're out there thinking... You know, should I go next season or should I should I get a season ticket? The answer is yes, because we need everybody, everybody, the whole town, to get behind the football club again and to so that we can build something that's going to be special for the future. And what are you gonna are you gonna do anything personally, John, to help this get to help this club get back to where it was? Okay, I've always ever I've always done what I've ever been asked to do for the football club. I mean, I I do everything for them I'm asked uh, hopefully the new people will come in I'll, I'll have some involvement what that is who knows but whatever I'm asked to do I'll do good I love that and um, just to end it John is there anything that you, you're working on at the moment anything you want to promote what are your, what are your own future plans I know you're a very active granddad at the minute I grandpa. am actually yeah <laughs> <I'm>, uh... <laughs> no I, I do I do other things I mean I, I I do a lot of charity stuff. I do. Uh, I volunteer. I volunteer on a Monday at the hospice, Bolton Hospice. Oh, do you? Yeah, I've done that for eighteen months now. Oh, good, good. I love that. Uh, We're doing an event for them actually in, in July. I do. I do whatever I do, really, I, I get them or whatever event I've, I get asked to do. I always make sure the hospice is involved. Yeah. So that they get some sort of the money that's raised. You yeah, judged the um, dancing competition, I did, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, what, this year? Yeah. yeah the I did it the year before. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, that's lots of fun, isn't I, it? I, honestly, I was a wee bit apprehensive because it's not really my <laughs> cup of tea, do you yeah. know what I mean? And uh, when they asked me to do it, I thought, I do it. It sort of took me out of my comfort zone, really. Yeah. But I thought, I'll do it. Enjoy it, though. I did. Yeah. It was, honestly, God, it was a great night. It was 100 times better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. You know, and and I think respect to the, all the all the contestants because, you know, for the three or four months that they're training, it takes over their lives. 
Yeah, no, they put so much into it, didn't they? they and do. I mean, the decent as well when they and come they're, to. They're brilliant, honestly. <laughs> they were brilliant. You could see, you know, how much they put into it, and then to see all the families there cheering them on and everything else. Yeah, it's just such a good night. It was a, yeah, a special I was atmosphere. Oh yeah, that one. yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend won it. Um, she's a presenter here, but she she actually won it, Vicky. Yeah, she was good. She was sending me videos every day, you know, of what she'd learned, and I just said, like, honestly, rather you than me. You did fair play for the effort. She did the Angelina Chang Tangle, didn't she? Yeah, they were brilliant. They were, oh, they were graceful, just tremendous. Oh, great. she was. Yeah, she was very, very good. Like, she's she's kept up her dance lessons. Has she? Yeah, because she just loved it so much. Yeah, there was there was an older couple. I want to say the lady was like seventy, and the bloke was a bit younger than her when when I was doing it and then I bumped into them in Fanny's um, for other people that's a pub the Victoria <laughs> <laughs> just, that's yeah. a pub in Bolton Gal Fanny's <laughs> um, and she, she'd done another dance competition and then she was coming back on this year's just because she loved it so much she'd like lost all this weight it was keeping her fit but th- it's lovely doing things like this again like just that community vibe did they have it at the Reebok again yeah. as well yeah. well yeah. whatever it's and called it was, what was it, 800 good. people there it was yeah, really good good atmosphere good night yeah, yeah, so you do it a lot with the the hospice then yeah. and um, slash granddad duties. Granddad duties, yeah. <laughs> so hopefully I'll be I'll be busier in the future uh, with a football club and. I mean, you should one hundred percent be, and hopefully these new owners now are going to see the value in having ex players and people who have got such a passionate, uh, a, you know, so passionate mm-hmm. about Bolton, having that value and what that is then going to mean to the fans, to I businesses, well, to sponsorship. If you've got owners that actually like football rather than just see business money yeah. i don't yeah. care what it is or if just like got, human beings yeah that <laughs> as well just someone who isn't a selfish tosser like yeah. who actually thinks like oh yeah. these this means these something people, to people yeah. i think that's that's been one of the major problems and not just with ken anderson i think previously as yeah. well you know, i think going back to phil gartside when when he was a chairman mm. you know i think i think we lost focus i.e on the football team itself and on the product we put on the pitch. Yeah. I think everything else seemed to be more important yeah. than the football. And it has to be the other way around. Yeah. Because it's your football team on a Saturday on the pitch that makes the club successful. Well, that's not, it. Not what goes on around it. Yeah. Because what goes on around the football club is a bonus to what goes on the pitch. Yeah. And if that does, if, if the performances on the pitch go well, your club does well yeah. anyway because it's more popular and people want to go. Yeah, that's it. People are talking about that. Like, oh, yeah, they've yeah. won five on bench. But oh, my God, give them a watch. Yeah. Then, like, and what's then going on? your sponsors will spend more money. Then your advertisers want to get involved. You know, so it's it's on the pitch that counts. You know, so hopefully these owners, are, they see it that way and that's where the importance lies. So we're feeling positive, though. Absolutely. And, oh, listen, just to get rid of Anderson makes you positive because <laughs> I'm telling you that... It'll come out slowly, the things he's done. I'm sure it will, because you can't hide some of the stuff that he's done behind the scenes. The man should go straight to jail. Yeah. I know, that's what I think. Like, is it not a criminal offence, though? Because it is is a con, though. Like, you were saying to people, oh, you give me your money and you can come and watch good football and this is what I'm going to do with your money. It's kind of like an unwritten promise on a mass scale. So if he hasn't done that, surely it should be, this is breaking the law. It'll come out. It'll come out. I mean, at the moment, I think the importance is to, to get the deal over the line and get the new owners in. Yeah. And I think once that's done, hopefully the authorities then will take a look and... Well, the new owners I, surely can bring it all out and be like, wait, well, this is the well, state of it. Well, it's more so the administrators. It's their job to, to highlight it because they've gone through the books. They know what's actually happened. They, it, 
their it's their duty to alert the authorities yeah. on on wrongdoings. So hopefully that happens, and hopefully it's sooner rather than later. And keep the senior away. He's not involved. Oh, good. No, he's not involved. Uh, I think he he, he tried quite hard. Uh, well, he put himself on Sky Sports, didn't he? A few times, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, again, you know, I think at the end of the day, the people that are coming in now seem very businesslike and very. They're, they're not looking for headlines. They're not looking for the attention. I think they just want to come in and get started and get a decent job going. I mean, they're going to have to invest a lot of money to to get it to where it needs to be anyway. So they're yeah. going to they're, they're coming in in a very different position than what other people would. You're coming in looking at this as an investment at this point. Well, they they are, but again, I think what helps them really, they've got a blank canvas now. Yeah. You know, it's they're, they're not coming in. The debt will have gone. So they're starting from scratch, the debt's gone. Now you need to start managing it correctly straight away, not build the debt up again. Yeah. So that being the case, and then the, the club again, it's got to grow and it might take two or three years. And are these a big company who's coming in? Have they got the funds to see this through? They've got, they've got some good people behind them. And one of the group uh, manages a hedge, a hedge fund that's worth hundreds of millions. Now that's not to say it's all going to go. It's all going to go to Bolton, or, or but they, know, they have enough. For there's, it. there's, there's certainly people in there that, if needed, I think they could, they could put money in, big money in. If you easily. won the lottery, would you buy Bolton? Depends how much I'd win. If it was certainly enough, I would. Yeah, yeah, no question. Yeah. And then all the fans would be like, "Get him out." <laughs> well, that's the thing. Uh, that's the thing. But okay, rather than buy it, then I would invest in it. Yeah. Right, well, John, it has been amazing. Thank you so much for taking oh, the time to come down. And talk to, I know, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, it's been over an hour, so <laughs> we've done good. Right, thank no, you. I enjoyed that, thank you. Yeah, thanks very much.